The Rona continues to keep us in a chokehold, but is there light at the end of the tunnel? The vaccines are almost ready for distribution. We're revisiting a topic from May called, Would You Get the Vaccine? Would you? Stay tuned. You're listening to The Purple Stethoscope. I am your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. None of the information in this podcast is sufficient nor intended to diagnose your personal medical issue, but there's a lot to learn, so let's start the show. Well, hello. It has been a while, and I have uh, been working, 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 had a major surgery, which I do hope to discuss with you all on a later episode. It's been quite the recovery. It's been fun to keep up with everything going on in the world, um, including this COVID crisis that we are still in, you guys. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? We've got some very promising vaccines in the mix, and um, the Pfizer vaccine, which is showing to be 90% effective, is uh, already applied for emergency use authorization, waiting to hear or when that will be authorized. I'm hearing something like 200,000 doses are going to be sent to Cedar sinai Medical Center soon. Um, it is a shot that requires an initial shot and then a booster two weeks later. And we'll get into that because there's some controversy about whether or not people will be willing to get the booster after their experience with the first shot. Now, Moderna has a vaccine as well, which is 95% effective. Um, If you look at the stocks, the Moderna stock really shot up, the Pfizer not so much. Um, And who knows why that is? The Pfizer vaccine does have to be kept very, very cold. Um, So the freezing and the shipping, all of that plays into it. The Moderna, they're saying, might be more um, applicable for for rural areas or areas where shipping the vaccine there um, may not need or require such low temperatures. Now, the Moderna shot is two shots... um, 28 days apart. So the controversy is if people experience side effects from the first dose, will they even return to get the booster dose? What side effects, you might ask? Well, the immune response, okay? So side effects that would be like mimicking of the disease itself, headaches, fevers, chills, body aches, that kind of thing. Would that turn people off from going back to get the booster shot? Time will tell. I can let you know. Time will tell. I did a survey on Instagram and asked people the following question. If you had to choose between quarantine and lockdowns for the foreseeable future or getting vaccinated against COVID-19, what would you choose? 47 of the respondents said they would get the vaccine. 53% of the respondents said they would not. So 
I have a couple of very special guests um, to continue this conversation that we started back in May with an episode called Would You Get the Vaccine? Day one friend Daryl Trainer is returning to the podcast and our new friend Janique, who's participated in the Moderna trial, um, is, is coming on with us today and we'll have a lot of information that I bet you didn't know. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. I do want to encourage listeners to go back to that episode in May, would you get the vaccine and listen to it? Because we talk about, you know, a little about the history of medical mistrust in the black community and um, why a lot of times evidence-based practice is not able to include us. You know, we have to um, sign up for trials, participate in trials, um, which is a very scary thing, right? Um, especially when that, that mistrust is there. So I'm so glad to have Janique with us today. And I just want to jump right into it, guys. So um, let's welcome Daryl, trainer, day one friend, and Janique to the show. Well, I'm Janique. Um, I'm not sure what to say about myself. I'm a black woman, both at the age of 40, um, and I'm participating in the clinical research trial and the vaccine trial for COVID. What do you guys, what are your guys' responses? And I think, Janique, we have a clue what yours is since you participated in right. the trial. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty shocking, you know, and it's, it, it, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I'm tired of being quarantined. I don't know about everybody else, but I'm I'm really tired of, of being home and, and mask wearing. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're obviously you would take the vaccine, and and really quarantine fatigue is a thing. I have one child who is um, immune compromised, and so the whole family we all have to be incredibly tight about what we do and don't do, and it definitely weighs on the mental health. Daryl, do you want to share um, your thoughts on that question? It um it reminds me because from you know the first episode my stance it was which is probably still like uh, a more privileged stance but I there's I have nothing negative to say about anybody who you know said yes to the vaccine I think just me personally there is like my lifestyle there's nothing that I do like I'm always by myself I'm like isolated already as it is so I can like I'm okay with staying home for a longer period of time and kind of just masking up and just being around a very small group of people, you know? Um, so I think that's why I'm okay. And also I'm slightly paranoid. So with the vaccine, I kind of want to just be an, be an observer to begin with and just kind of see how that plays out. So that's, that's a part of it, but I really don't, I think if I was, if my job or if I was more active and around people and that I needed, you know, um, to be out and about more often or what, you know, whatever the case may be, I will be more, you know, inclined to say yes. Like I would take the vaccine as soon as it, as soon as it's available, but just where I'm at and, and my field of work is just, I, I can chill a lot longer. You know, I'm okay with just being by myself for, for you know, a few more months or a year. If, if, you know, if I have to. So a little backstory on Daryl, single, mid-30s, no children, and not in a, um, a workforce where you're around people all the time. I think, Janique, you were about to respond. 
Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's really not about quarantining because I can easily do that. I'm a homeschooler. My children are homeschooled whenever they're five and eight, and I work from home, so we're home anyway. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not even about the quarantine. It's we, when's it going to end? And it's global. It's pandemic, and it comes in waves, and it's destroying people, and it just keeps going and going because people aren't quarantining properly. They're not mask wearing. They're not washing their hands. They're not keeping it seriously. Beaches were packed all summer. So I feel like it's not going to go away. We have to take proactive measures, right? right. And so when Moderna went into day three testing, I called us out to my healthcare network, which is a big part. And um, they were looking for people, especially elderly and um, people in racial and ethnic minorities. And so I chose to be part of the study. But the reason why I felt safe doing it is because I understood that they were not going to be injecting me with a live or attenuated virus. They're just giving me basically um, protein. They're giving me mRNA to encourage the cells to make viral protein to, fight, to produce antibodies to fight COVID. So it felt safe. You know what I mean? They're not giving me anything that's not, you know, they're not giving me the virus. And in addition, this research has been going on for many years to fight other coronaviruses, such as SARS and MERS. But those viruses disappeared on their own, so the vaccine was shelved. But the research was still there, and so they built upon that for this vaccine, but it wasn't like rolled out overnight. It's something that had been in process for many years. It just was shelved. So it felt safe, and it it feels safe. That's why I chose to do it. I'm so glad that you shared um, that you were not injected with live vaccine, that it was an mRNA, it's an mRNA um, study, a compound that you're injected with that helps you produce the proteins that protect against COVID-19. The overwhelming, a lot of people who responded to the poll also sent me messages. And so I was reading through the messages and people were saying it's too rushed, um, uh, I don't trust it. I don't vaccinate at all. And it was interesting to me to hear people say it was rushed. And I thought, okay, that is a uh, um, what we call a, the nursing diagnosis for that, right? Would um, be uh, education impairment, you know, or impaired knowledge about what, what's really going on. So we have science and we have pop science. And throughout this pandemic, pop science has just exploded. I have read and listened to people talk out of the side of their neck about whether COVID's real, whether a mask works, whether did it. And it's like, right, these people are just, their voices get so amplified because it plays off the fear, right? Like everyone's worried to some extent whether it's about their job or getting the virus itself or what have you i work in the medical field i'm i'm um credentialed at three hospitals in three different communities i worked every day of the pandemic with the exception of the weekends that i was not on call i've been tested I've never gotten the coronavirus. I do not have the antibodies. And the only things that I've done is mask and wash my hands and social distance. So, you know, um, yeah, that's it. And so when, when you build that distrust, right, when people are listening to all these voices that are not science-based, that are not people who've studied and who live and breathe this work, 
they start to question us. And so I think, and not, not to mention the election, and I, I, I kind of wanted to stay away from politics as much as I could, but it's hard to with this conversation because it's been made political, right? And so if things can be rigged and people can be lying and pulling the wool over our eyes, then the same goes, right, for a vaccine. And so when that distrust is there, then people are a lot more skeptical. And that skepticism, if it pans out and people really opt not to get vaccinated, it takes that much longer to achieve herd immunity against this pandemic that's affecting the entire world because the only ways to get immunity are active immunity or passive immunity. Um, Passive immunity would be a natural exposure and building up your own antibodies that way. Active immunity would be what you've participated in, Janique, um, receiving the... um, the vaccine and mm-hmm. and getting immunity that way. And so when I heard that the that there were two different vaccines that were looking really really good in these trials, I thought we got to come back together and talk about this because you know, my goal with the podcast is to promote health literacy in a way that people who aren't nurse practitioners or doctors or microbiologists can understand. Um, so I'm so glad to have you both here. What do you guys say when these conversations come up? Have these conversations come up in your circles? And what kinds of things are you all hearing from friends and, and family and community members? It's, it's hard. There's a lot of misinformation out there. People think that vaccines um, have chips that will be implanted in you to track you and trace you. People are talking about 5D networks and all kinds of other conspiracies. Um, it's just, you know, and it's really hard to, I mean, there'll be a segment of the black community who will always do the medical establishment with mistrust and for very good reason, yeah. right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, for very good reason. Right? And he's always been from, the whole gynecological practice was all about black women and all the testing that it did. Yeah. But as far as, like, modern technology, we've been left out of medical research to save our lives. We don't have a seat at the table. We're dying in large amounts because we're not participating. We're not We're not making our voices heard. And so I feel like so many people don't want to be part of the study, but I just feel like I, I had to do it because I'm the target market. I'm the, the black woman who's, you know, hypertensive and over 40, right? I'm the one who's going to die from this, right? right? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel the same. Absolutely. I'm that, I'm that person. And so to me, it's like a, a two-edged sword of frustration, right? It's like, you know, as a nurse practitioner in my family, when people have questions about stuff, they call me. But then when I give them my perspective, they're like, oh, well, you work with the establishment and you're always going <laughs> to, you know, push the medicine. Right, and yeah, yeah. Daryl, how do you, what are you hearing? What conversations have you been a part of? Um, I mean, it's all over the place, but me personally, like, talking to, I haven't really, um, entertained a lot of conversations that just, because, like, people just talk on the side of their necks, right, and they really don't have half the information and don't know what they're talking about. As far as the vaccine, it was nice, I mean, that even have Janico on here, and they get that type of information, because for me, 
I can be paranoid and everything, but at the same time, I'm not one to be like, oh, I'm not going to get it because the government is trying to do this or the COVID is fake. Like, no, like I'm a, I'm good friends with somebody like Devin who's in the field. And I had a friend who, who had it. Um, fortunately she, uh, she survived, but she had COVID. So I know it's real. Like I'm not an idiot. Right. But, um, it's just not, I don't know. I just feel like people are just ignorant and, and, and stubborn that, you know, they, they get the information and then they don't want to believe it. You know, it's, 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 it's exhausting. So I don't really entertain half yeah. of it, but, but for me, that's always trying to seek out more information. Cause I know I don't know enough. It's always, um, it's always refreshing getting that information. And, and even now I'm probably more inclined to, you know, it's like, she says she, would like we don't have enough of us participating in these studies and that that's a hell of a um thing that she's doing to even be a part of it because a lot you know so that right there is 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 a lot and that will make me want to be a part of it because they don't because our voices aren't heard enough you know and um no i'm all for it you know and and it's just i just wish people would have more of an open mind and not just be so so shut off when they hear things that they don't agree with and I mean, look at where we are today, though. So seriously, hey, hey. so true. Hey, Daryl, you had said earlier in the episode that you would be okay with masking and continuing to socially distance and do hand washing. After hearing Janique share just that little bit about her experience with the trial, her reasons for being a part of it, and by the way, a lot of people are saying to me. Um, there, there. I want to sit back and see how people do. You guys, this is a thirty thousand volunteer study. That's like I do. I practice in cardiology during the day, and the studies that we practice cardiac medicine off of are like this. You know, some of our best studies have twenty five thousand people, and we're prescribing your mama and your grandmama's. You know. Um, antihypertensive medication based off of these studies. So this is a fantastic study with a 94.5% effectiveness in preventing the disease. So Daryl, after you hear Janique's experience and her break it down in a language that's easy to understand, um, does that, do you, do you think that people like you would hear from somebody like her who is a part of our community, who is in that risk group that, by the way, y'all, we're like 40% hypertensive in the black community. So it's not just Janique. It's not just me. It's four out of 10 of us that are at a higher risk of having an undesirable outcome should we contract this disease. So I, I thank you so much for sharing that, Janique. And I'm just curious, Daryl, now armed with that information, do you feel like you have more of a, not an argument, but a rebuttal, so to speak, when you hear people's skepticism? 100%. 100%. Like, I would, after hearing, after hearing what Janique said, I would even, like, I would, can I be a part of the study? You know, like, it's just, I got that information. And, and like she said, and like you said, a lot of people use the argument that it was rushed, you know, um, to hear it say, like, no, it wasn't rushed. This is something that's been shelved for a while, you know, and that's something a lot of people don't know. Somebody like me, I would listen to that and be like, cool, like, and I would take that in, and I would, you know, and I believe that somebody else would be like, oh, no, no, it wasn't. You just believe, no, like, just, like, if you don't learn new information, hear new information, take it in, learn, and then now 
you know, use that. But uh, for right. me, yes, like that, that helped a lot. Just hearing yeah. that little part and everything she said, but yeah, I would, I would, that changed my whole mind, 100%. I love that. I love that. That's wonderful. That made me feel so much better. That made me feel awesome. It was like just having Devin that's in the medical field, you know, representation of everything, you know, and for me just hearing you, you know, say everything you said about the study and you're informative about that and you know what you're talking about, for me it's I take it in and that, like, I'm glad I heard that, and now I have a whole, you know, different perspective. Even though, you know, I have a whole different perspective, and and yeah. it's something that's that that needed, you know, I needed to hear. And yeah, I, I don't know, I love it. I yeah, love thank it. you for that. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> I want to switch gears. Um, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to switch gears, Janique, and let you speak a little bit about what it was actually like to sign up for a study. Um, what, oh. yeah, what, what was it like right. learning how all of this works, what your role would be? Were there times when you were like, cause one of the problems guys is people drop <laughs> out of studies. Um, yeah, that is a really, that's a, another reason why I chose to do this because I know that I can do it. A lot of people can't do a study like this. This study is taking 25 months out of our lives, two years, um, we have to go get multiple injections. We have to go to clinical sites, um, you know, half a dozen times. They might have in-home visits. We can't get pregnant. There's a whole host of other rules. Um, we have to keep a daily journal every single day for two years. Um, most people, the bar is really high. So most people in our community won't do it for like 100 bucks. It's like 100 bucks at the end of the study or maybe 125 or something like that. Um, and it's really, really asking a lot of someone to do this. So I understand why we're not represented that much in healthcare. Nobody really has the resources, patients, the time to do this kind of study. Right. Um, but I had it this time, and I was ready. Because <laughs> I, I, I keep kids in China, and I saw the effect that the virus had on its population weeks before it hit our shores. And I knew how dangerous it was, how fast spreading it was, and you know, I just and I knew that it was going to be global, right? Once it got here, it was going to be everywhere. So. I just didn't feel like I had a choice. I feel like I had to do it because I, I do have time to shoot for it. Um, I was treated very well. Everyone was very nice. And, you know, you know it, it hasn't been, there's been no hiccups. It's been very easy, right? But we do have to keep daily laws, you know, about um, um, our public health, you know, and our interactions with the public and our mask wearing and the way we feel and our injection sites and, you know, if we have any adverse reactions. And just for two years, every single day. Wow. So it's a lot. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, that's so incredible. I just I love hearing this perspective from from someone who is actually doing it. I want to ask you guys a question because Janique, you brought up something um, that a lot of people in our community don't have the time and the resources to commit to this. Gerald, you had said in the previous episode when we talked about this that. You know, um, we talked about speaking from a place of privilege because we know people who don't know where their next meal is coming from, you know, so it's easy for us to sit back in our homes and be like, why can't people just stay home? Why can't they just do this and do that? Is this is is participating in something like clinical research and clinical trials? Is this something that falls um to the more privileged people in the community, those of us who 
can keep a log for two years, who know that we are not going to get pregnant because we have access to contraception, those of us who, you know, um, can commit to um, some sort of a, a stable situation. Like we, we know if, if you're couch surfing, you're not a good person to be in this study because who knows what will happen and you might not be able to complete it. Is it on the shoulders? Is it on the shoulders of those of us who have a little more resources, access, privilege to really step up and give back to our community in this way? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, yeah. I would, I would feel the same way Tamika said, or when she did, you know, to do the trials, like, but like I, I, I have to do it. You know, if, if I can, if I can do my part in any way, I'm there, you know, and I, I think it does fall on our, on our shoulders. I, I believe so. I think so too. I think so too. I think if people like, let's say Harriet Tubman, right? Now this is a real hero, a heroine. She made 19 trips back when yeah. she was already free. Do you know what I'm saying? If she can do that, I can do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I can't, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that right there, it's, you know, the, the more, you know, the more I, I uh, put in the work to try to learn and, and just just know more. It's you you hear the you hear the dialogue. The conversation is different, right? Like just this conversation we're having now. Somebody who's on the front lines in the hospital or with the study trial that that is informed and, and doing the work and or just there. The conversation is totally different from somebody who's just on the sidelines, right? It's easy for them to yeah. say, "Well, this doesn't work," or "The government's trying to do this," or "There's there's another yeah. plan." Like you. Stay yeah. over there, you know. Like, like <laughs> you, you're not, you're nowhere near. You're not even close to the work, and you have all this. Like, no, keep your criticism over there. You know, do something. Like Killer Mike said, how come I don't see you talking crap next to me while I'm doing the work? Right. So I, I, so I still, I yeah, I feel like you know, if if I have the time and I can, and I can do like you know, I I'm not hurting for my next meal or I none of yes I. I would have to, I would feel like it's my duty, it's my job to go and, and participate. Because I know there's a, there's a lot of us that can't do it. And and we all see it, that there's people who can and they just don't, you know, don't care or don't trust or just, yeah. I 100% would be more more likely to do it because I, would, I, would, I want to do my part. I'm going to go ahead and put links in the show notes, you guys, where you can uh, look at the clinical trials you can see if there are any in your area that are recruiting um, and what the you know prerequisites or, or requirements are for that. The main group of, of people who are the most infected right now, can you guys guess their age? Under 20, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, or 60 and above? Hmm. I would say under 20, maybe. I think 40 to 60 would be more obvious, but I want to maybe the, I'll just take, yeah, I'll take 40 to 60. So I feel like like 20 to 40. <laughs> <laughs> the answer as um, it was kind of tricky, but really the 20 to 40 age group, 18 to 39 year olds are the highest infected yeah. rate. And wow. when you wow. think about it, that's who's out there doing all those essential jobs, right? 
Um, my daughter's 22. Right. She's a coffee barista. You know, I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm 39. So, yeah, it's it's 18 to 39-year-olds that are the most infected. Also, there should be about, let me see here, 20 million doses of the vaccine scheduled to be available in December. Um, they're still working out who will get them first. Will it be long-term care residents? Will it be health care workers? Um, and, and on from there. I, I My personal thoughts on that, not scientific, but healthcare workers, like we know how to wear our masks. <laughs> We're washing our hands. We're doing all the things. So um, I totally understand why we would be considered in that first wave of vaccines. But I'm hoping that the people who are more at risk um, might be considered. And then they're estimating, at least in the news briefing from was it yesterday or Saturday, about 25 million doses a month. And so the rollout would look like the most infected groups, the most at-risk groups, and, and the most um, groups coming into contact with people who have um, coronavirus. So I did want to throw that out there. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes on an NPR article that really breaks down in language that we all can understand. So I hope if you're listening to this episode that you'll share this episode and that it'll maybe expand your own thinking about whether or not you would participate in a trial and even more importantly, whether or not you would get the vaccine. Um, thank you so much, Janique. Uh, you're just like my hero right now. A mother, oh, thank you. someone in a <laughs> higher risk group who's two, you guys, 25 months of her life. She's giving up for you to journal every day, to get these antibody testing, to get the vaccine injections or the placebo injections. Cause you know, you don't know what you have. But that's for you guys. So um, not just Janique, but 30,000 people have put themselves, um, stepped up and, and put themselves in a trial where a safe and effective vaccine for this virus that has just ravished the globe uh, so that we can put an end to this. So I hope that you'll um, consider it. Janique, Daryl, thank you so much for coming on, especially on such short of notice. Anything that you guys want to add? <laughs> I'll just add, quick, uh, add quickly. Thank you, Devin. Uh, the podcast is is amazing. I always appreciate that. It's thank very you. informative. And Janique, thank you because I, if you wasn't on here, I wouldn't even really be. You know, I don't know anybody who's a part of the study, and to to hear your words and. Yeah, it, it changed my perspectives for sure, especially somebody who's actually doing the work and in, in, in the field instead of just hearing commentary commentary from people who are on the sidelines. So I appreciate you for doing what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much. I just, I don't know, I didn't do this for any, you know, recognition. I really, really want us all to be healthy and, and live good lives. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> thank awesome. you so much. Very special thanks to our guests, both Daryl and Janique, and to you for listening. Until next time, eat fresh and dance. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Purple Stethoscope. I'm your host, Devin Nixon, family nurse practitioner. You can find me on social media at D the NP. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and now Patreon. 
If you liked what you heard, go ahead and share this episode and then head over to Patreon to see how you can further support this work. Thank you.